Pushing through, I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we have made it to the final month of 2020 against all odds. We, we've had a very long and arduous year. We appreciate everyone that's been sticking along with us throughout the entire season and throughout the entire year. But we have basketball coming back this month, BJ. Professional basketball. The NBA is back, coming back on December 22nd. Preseason is right around the corner, 10 days away. we got training camp going on. So, BJ, first thoughts, NBA basketball is back. How does it feel? <laughs> Take, when you Deep said breath, basketball okay. is back. Yeah. I had this sharp pain in my gut. Mm. Basketball is back. Did we just finish in the bubble <laughs> in Orlando? Did yeah. we just finish this? Yes, yes, we did. We did. We just crowned a champion. We just had uh, an entire bubble experience down in Orlando, Florida, that we, we had, you know, Dr. Sims come on our show, talk about the COVID protocols. The NBA is celebrated by the masses for how they were able to handle basketball during this pandemic and have no positive tests during this whole experience. But like you said, not some uh, odd two months later, we have an NBA draft. Two days later, we have NBA free agency. And not a week later, we have NBA training camp. And not three weeks later, we have have NBA regular season basketball back, which is now going to be all across the country. So there's a lot of question marks, BJ, right, as we enter the season. But first and foremost, did you feel like you had enough of a break? Because I'm sure the players probably don't feel that way. Did I have a, <laughs> enough of a break is the question. <laughs> BJ's giving me his classic side eye right now. If, if you're at home listening, BJ is, Tate, is looking at me like I I'm can't insane. imagine what the players <laughs> must feel like. Because yep. as an agent, I'm still looking for the break. Yep. There was no break. Mm -hmm. You know, when the season ended on March 11th, there was a lot of uncertainty. That went on for months at a time. Is it coming back? I felt like I was driving in a car with my kids. Are we there yet? Is it coming <laughs> back? Is it coming back? I mean, that was the question for months and months and months. And then suddenly we got an announcement from the NBA. We're going to have a bubble experience. Mm. What is a bubble experience? What is this experiment? Well, give the NBA credit. They pulled it off. They get through the bubble. Then there was a post announcement. Well, at the earliest, the season will probably start in January because of all the things that need to be done. And, and then suddenly, draft on the 18th, free agency on the 20th, mm -hmm. and here we are starting the season because of television here on December 22nd. Mm -hmm. Now, Tate, yeah, this is a side-eye moment. <laughs> this is what I've questioned. A side eye moment right now. Well deserved, I'd say. So I'm still looking for the break, but I'm dealing with 2020 like everyone else, and this is a 2020 moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in the NBA and in the constructs of the NBA basketball, I mean, 
continuity obviously always plays you know a key in this and like you said NBA free agency started two days after the NBA draft there were players that were getting traded all over the league there were teams that were you know scrambling is probably the best word to try to get rosters together as we prepare for the season but also BJ we have teams that are trying to compete for a championship because you know as we talk about all the drama off the floor that happens in NBA basketball you know a lot of people would point to like a situation with six man of the year Montrez Harrell switching teams in Los Angeles from the Clippers to the Lakers there's still the ultimate prize at the end of the day, which is the championship. And the Los Angeles Lakers, they win the 2020 NBA championship. But as far as the contenders, there's no time to really take a breath and reset and try to figure out what's next. And that's why if you're a team like the Clippers, you know, you lose your head coach, Doc Rivers, to the Sixers. Um, there is a full changeover. We don't know what to expect from them. But I want to I go through the NBA season from Christmas Day. Right, BJ. I feel like that's always a good uh, kind of boilerplate way to look around and, and see what the league is up to and where they kind of have framed things. And the main game on Christmas Day, BJ, I don't know if you've seen the, the release of this, is Luka versus LeBron. And it is the Lakers versus the Mavericks. And I was watching first take this morning and I got my own version of side eyes the, you know, as I was watching it. But they were talking about Next year, the biggest person that is in the way of LeBron James is Luka Doncic. And then I just wanted to ask you, just from a marketing standpoint, it seems like going into the season, that is what we're going to get a lot of. It's going to be Luka, LeBron, the Mavs, the Lakers. They get the Christmas Day game versus each other. And is that really going to be the focal point of the season? Because that seems to be what it's going to be marketed as uh, from the outside looking in. The answer is no. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. No. Luca, in his own right, is on the path of becoming a great player. Yeah. But that can't happen until he is able to win. Mm -hmm. This is a league in which if you want to be at that level, you have to win. Mm -hmm. Individually, you can see this young man has the ability to score, pass, do all of the things, especially on the offensive end, that an exceptional player does. Mm -hmm. Crunch player, he's a, I mean, he plays in big moments. He steps up to the plate, makes big time shots. Mm -hmm. But he is not in that category yet by the definition of excellence. Now, I'm going to allow all of the people who talk about basketball to make their case and make their headlines and create their narratives. But at some point here, we have to come back to the business of sports and the essence of why we play. You yep. got to win. Yep. We have to win. Mm -hmm. Now, we can't put him in that category yet because he hasn't won anything mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. He hasn't won anything. Based on what we saw, could we make that projection? You know, he looks like he's on his path, mm -hmm. but he hasn't done it yet. So I'm going to allow this young man the opportunity, whether that's a year, two years, or three years, because of the difficulty of winning in this league. You mm -hmm. don't just show up and win in this league. So I'm going to wait patiently and allow him to grow fall down, get back up, all of the things. And remember, this team is ahead of schedule. I don't think anyone thought that this team was going to be in the position where they are currently 
based on last year when you put together that team. And we don't know the health of Porzingis. Yep. They're still building and putting pieces together. But because of Luca's individual talent, we've thrust them into the mm-hmm. into the spotlight where as a casual observer of the game, I'm a casual observer now because I am I I refuse to call myself an expert. I'm not an expert mm-hmm. because now what we call experts, I clearly yeah, I, I'm in defiance of what yeah, yeah. I hear from that terminology talking. is not yeah, those are, those I are not the experts, but no, they are I'm the experts. St- no, yeah. no, so out of respect to Luca and knowing what he's going through and knowing now the responsibility on his shoulder, I'm not gonna put that on that young man mm-hmm. because he's not it's not fair to him. It's not fair to his growth, it's not fair yep. to his development. He doesn't have an Anthony Davis next to him yet. Nah. And, that, and that's a fact, yeah. That's a, he hasn't been through enough battles just yet. Mm-hmm. But he's on his path. He's yep. on his way. And that may take some time. So give him some time. But as we say now in the NBA, or in life, I should say, we mm-hmm. want it now. Mm-hmm. He's up next. Now he's been thrust in the in the in the spotlight, and here we are. Fair or unfair, he's been thrust in it, and we'll see how he responds. That's a big time ass. I don't think their team on paper or the way it's constructed is ready to compete at that level yet. Mm-hmm. But certainly, you know, we want to watch star players. Yeah. So we've been better off if we just said, hey, let's let Luca and LeBron play a one-on-one game. <laughs> That's probably more interesting than watching the Lakers and, yeah. and the Dallas game at this stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Provided mm-hmm. everyone's healthy and everyone like that Laker team is clearly constructed with one goal in mind. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can say that about the Dallas Mavericks. And the Lakers team that you mentioned, right? The LeBron James this week, the big news in the NBA circles. He went on road trip in the podcast, his podcast, Richard Jefferson, and he said to the world that they plan to repeat. They they have all the pieces to repeat. I I don't think that's shocking news to anybody. I would expect the Lakers to try to reload and repeat. Right? That's where we are in the world. But you mentioned Luca, and I think when you think of Luca, you think he's got next, right? That, that was the terminology we kind of just threw out there. He's got next, but. Kawhi Leonard is a winner. Kawhi Leonard wins, you know, with the Raptors, goes there, gets a championship. He goes to the Clippers last year, and he puts out his branding campaign. That's the world we live in with the NBA. Everyone's got to brand themselves. He says, we got now, um, and that's what the the Clippers have. And just that dynamic, right, because I know that the the Mavericks are the team that are playing on, on, uh, you know, on Christmas Day. But the Clippers and the Lakers were the real story going in before we got to the bubble, that rivalry that was going on. Both, both teams trying to upgrade. Serge Ibaka signs with the Clippers. Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, they both go to the Lakers, so obviously some upgrades there. But just that rivalry in L.A., BJ, do we do we perceive, I presume, that Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and that group of guys are still going to be competing against the Lakers to be champions? That's, that, that, to me, seems more of a rivalry that exists right now as opposed to a Luka Mav situation, which is more in the future, right? Or am I just getting caught up in the narratives here with Christmas? Well, Day? I think we I think we are getting caught up in the narrative, but okay. I will say this. Kawhi Leonard is the one player, the one individual player mm-hmm. that I feel currently in a one-on-one matchup that can counter LeBron James mm-hmm. in a one-on-one matchup. Yeah. Now, 
clearly it's a team that you need to win the game, a series, a championship. But LeBron, but Kawhi Leonard has the experience. Mm -hmm. He has the strength. He has the size. He's got the mental capacity to counter what LeBron James does Mm -hmm. in an individual matchup. I don't think there's no head games that can be played there. There's no intimidation factor can be played there. If those two match up in the last four minutes of a game, Mm -hmm. I'll take my chances with those players. I don't know how it turns out, but Kawhi Leonard can match up. Yeah. Can match up with him. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now you start adding the other pieces. Okay. Can they match up with Anthony Davis? Can they now counter Montrez Hero? Can they counter Marcus O Schroeder? Okay, that, those are debatable. Mm-hmm. But in an individual matchup, Kawhi Leonard can play against LeBron James. And mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of players in the NBA that can say that and be honest. Mm-hmm. But I can say that here. And I think the respect that they both have for one another, they know that. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes that Clippers versus Laker conversation interesting because whether you're a LeBron fan or a Kawhi fan. There's mutual respect regardless. There's mutual respect there. Mm-hmm. That, that's nothing. To, Kawhi Leonard is nothing to be played with in the last four minutes of a game. You have to double team him or put him in a position where possibly – you know, or make him an initiator or whatever teams need to do against him. But if you just put those two in their operating areas, Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard doesn't need help against LeBron James. And I don't think LeBron James feels that he needs help against a Kawhi Leonard. And I know that both of them feel that they can score on one another. Mm -hmm. They're both shot. They're both strong, athletic. They can both put it on the floor. That's what makes this a compelling matchup is because that is one player that he just can't overwhelm. Mm-hmm. He can't just bully Kawhi Leonard. Yep. Yep. So the matchup catches my attention. But right now, I think the the Lakers, if you're looking at the team, have an advantage because there's no counter that I can see to Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Not at the four position, but at the five position. Yep. Yep. Anthony Davis sliding over to the five position to me is one place that no other team in the league can counter mm-hmm. because even because he's 611 7 feet whatever he is he can play small ball and he can play big ball yep and there's no other player that has that level of versatility at the five position in the entire NBA and that to me gives the Lakers the advantage yeah, and it's uh, it's funny because with small ball and that terminology, obviously Draymond and the Warriors were the team that really got that going. And then, you know, funny enough, Anthony Davis is the seven foot tall Draymond. You know, what I mean, at some level, he's like basically playing small ball at the five, but he's also a seven footer that can rim protect. Yep. There you go, and that's the key. He can rim protect, mm-hmm. but then you add another dimension, which now you really don't know what to do because. Name me another center that can guard Jimmy Butler one-on-one with no help. Yep. And can take Jimmy Butler one-on-one at the three-point line. Can take him off the dribble. <laughs> so, I mean. He's just a very unique player. Yep. Agreed. Okay. He's already a dominant player at the four. He's a top five player in the league at the four position. And by the way, he's probably a top two player 
if he slides over a position mm-hmm. at the five, mm-hmm. because there isn't another player with the exception of maybe Jokic or NB can have the impact that he has at the five. I don't think you can guard him at the five playing small ball. Yep. Can't guard him with PJ Tucker and those guys, those type of players mm-hmm. because he's too versatile. So he's, he's an interesting talent. He's an interesting player. And I think that puts them in position because of his ability to play the five position. I know they're getting a lot of, the Lakers are getting a lot of publicity and well-deserved mm-hmm. for the acquisitions of, you know, uh, Mark Gasol and Montrez Harrell. But everyone forgets, in crunch time, they're going to have Anthony Davis playing the five position. Yep, yep. And LeBron That's, James with the basketball in his hand. And LeBron James will be either at the four or the one. Mm-hmm. Whichever, wherever the advantage is for that particular series or that particular time during the course of the game. So Anthony Davis, to me, is the is the the key to all of this. I don't think he wants to play the five position during the course of the regular season, but during the course of the playoffs, that to me is the that's 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 their advantage moving forward. And that's why the Lakers are obviously the favorite. I, I think the big takeaway that we both had when you look at bubble basketball um, and what we have heading into the season was that the bigs were back. And they were back in vogue. They were back in fashion because, as we both know on a basketball floor, if you have a big that can do everything, that has the the, the the ability to do both, like we just talked about with Anthony Davis, it's hard to stop. Bam out of bio, obviously, on the Miami Heat, showed flashes and signs of being able to do that with the rim protection. Obviously, we all remember the big block on Jason Tatum. Jokic was obviously, I mean, bringing the ball up the floor, basically being a point forward uh, for the Nuggets in those comeback games against the Clippers. I mean, running pick and roll, and, and it was almost unstoppable with Jamal Murray. So when you look at the Nuggets and you look at a Bam out of bio, and you look at the big Embiid, you mentioned the bigs in the NBA. Is there a chance this season, BJ, that we get some more inside-out basketball? Because we've always talked about it. If there is some sort of move back to the mean or, or, or sort of some sort of flip back to the big man, James Wiseman goes number two in the draft. He'll play with the Warriors. There's a chance he can make an impact there. We'll see. I don't I don't bet on many rookies to make a real impact. But with Bam and Jokic and, and, and Embiid and Anthony Davis's of the world, we have a chance for the bigs to come back in basketball and be the quote-unquote stars of their teams. Jokic in particular mm-hmm. was fantastic in the bubble. He was fantastic in the postseason. And he gave you a glimpse of what this game is going to be in the years to come. Because if there is one position that is lagging behind in the developmental stages of where the NBA is moving towards, it's the five position. Yep. Why? Because traditionally, five men have been regulated to playing on the block mm-hmm. and having rim protection responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing these five men, Joel Embiid, Jokic, Bam Adebayo, where they are now facilitators and coaches are running their offense through them because yep. of their ability to pass the ball. Mm. So passing to me has been the the portal, if you will, for bigs to now take back control of having the opportunity to get enough touches to have an impact on the game mm-hmm. because bigs for the most part you would throw it to them to score on the box or you just ask them to block shots yep yep and set screens yeah Jokic, we're running the offense through this guy <laughs> bam out of bayou we're running the offense through him yep 
Joel Embiid is a terrific passer for a big. So passing now is the portal. That's the gateway for the bigs. And if you have a big who can reverse the ball, make backdoor plays, swing it, do dribble weaves, mm-hmm. suddenly now you have the trust of the coaches to be able to run your offense and the offensive schemes that they're currently running today. That, to me, is the key to being a big. Now, when you watch Porzingis and you begin to watch all of these other bigs, you're beginning to see the versatility that they have Mm -hmm. in running offense and offensive schemes that are currently fashionable today that we didn't do with the big some 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I think in five to 10 years, the bigs will be the predominant position in the league because of the following. You can only go out past the three-point line so far. These Mm -hmm. young men are already beginning to shoot at half court. Yeah, Trey Young was working out, yeah, shooting half-court shots the other day. Trey Young, Damian Lillard, Steph Steph Curry, Curry, all of these guys, they're shooting with such distance. Literally, there's nowhere, there's no other place for them to go. The only other place, Yeah. yeah, we're running out of room on the offensive court. The only other place for them to go now is on the box. But which player has the ability to pass from the box? Mm -hmm. So that to me is the, that's the critical thing that all of these bigs are going to have to figure out. And you're beginning to see it. Jokic is making strides. Yep. Because he is literally two or three games away right now from having a, a run in this league because there aren't many players that can actually match up with him. Mm-hmm. Even Anthony Davis, who I think is an exceptional defensive player. Had a hard time. Giannis, who yeah. is defensive player of the year. One-on-one, I don't think they can match up with Jokic <laughs> because of his size. Yeah, Just because of his size. Mm-hmm. And once that is established then I think the bigs will be truly back. Mm -hmm. And once the bigs are back, the game will evolve. So just imagine Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaquille O'Neal, I thought, was a really good passer for his generation, for his era. But imagine Jokic with Shaquille O'Neal with the skill set of, like, Anthony Davis. Mm. That player will come into play, and then the, the game and the league will move in an entirely different direction. Because that player will be able to overcome small ball. Mm-hmm. He will be able to overcome it. Your Giannis is very difficult. You have to guard Giannis now with five players. And he's not really what we would consider a big body. So imagine Shaq <laughs> playing like Giannis. Yep. I, that is going to happen in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the interesting part, too, is you just talk about the, the the big position, right? There's some guys like a DeMontis Sabonis, right, with Indiana. You talked about guys that have that ability to pass and have that vision, and they can play the four or the five. That's becoming more of a staple that we see across the NBA. And I, one more player I wanted to point out that I think he's going to be doing this in Brooklyn if, if you know he's healthy and everything, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant moved to the five when he was with the Warriors at times and, you know, wanted to be a rim protector. So it is becoming a thing in the NBA and everyone copies each other. It's a copycat league in every professional sport. So when you see a Kevin Durant move to the five, when you see an Anthony Davis move to the five and play that position, those young kids coming up, right, that are are those big kids, 
They say, oh, I, I have – Derek said it on our show with LeBron James. He is opening – he's making it more free to be a small forward and be also basically a de facto point guard, right? He's giving freedom to the position. And every time that someone can go to the five like Anthony Davis or Jokic and give more freedom to that position, that's good for the game because it opens up the floor and opens up the game. So I, I think those are good things to watch out for. Yeah, the five position is the one position that's where barricaded. You have the ultimate yeah. freedom mm-hmm. to just go play. Mm. Because they're they're that position traditionally was a position where you had bigs who could score. You had mm-hmm. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, you had Robert Parrish, you had yep. Bill Cartwright, mm-hmm. you had Wilt Chamberlain. Bob Lanier, King, you had yeah, Elijah Wan, King yeah. Elijah Wan, Patrick Ewing, Shaquille yep. O'Neal. That was a position where you had to score. Yep. And you had to be able to defend. You had to have a certain level of physicality. When you look at the league now, it's small. So all the ones and the twos and the threes are getting predominantly all of the touches. Mm-hmm. If you have a four, we've 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 done an exceptional job in the league currently of of creating space now. We call them stretch fours. The five position, we didn't know what to do. What do you do with this big guy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at one point, we just put him in the dunker spot. Well, then, I don't know, you're you're too young, but you don't remember when they used to lift all of the bigs back in my (laughs) era. They would lift them on the weak side, (laughs) you know, to create space. Now, we've just taken them out of the game and just gone small ball. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a player who can play the five and rim protect, right? And rim protect. So as I'm talking, I'm thinking of, imagine Rudy Gobert with just like... Ridiculous handles. <laughs> okay, now you're talking about there is free space on the floor to work and operate. Mm-hmm. So all of the players now probably want to play the five position because that's the one place where there's no... It, it's not jumbled up yet. Mm-hmm. It's it's just open space. It's freedom on the floor. Like, who's who's working on their post game? And when you watch all of the highlights on Instagram, and I love I I love the you, gram, yeah, this, like, yeah 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 yeah. I'm love a this. I'm a huge fan because everyone's grinding. <laughs> yeah yeah, working hard. Yeah, everyone's hot, working hard. Putting up everyone's shots. Everyone's grinding. <laughs> Everyone the the grind always continues. <laughs> but. I say that to say the following. Everyone is doing step backs, you know, taking it through their legs, 10 dribbles, in and out, and all those things. I don't see anyone working on that box. Mm. Mm. That's one area. And if you can find a player that can get to that that space and get to that freedom, that's the one area. So I say that in closing to say the following. At some point, there will be a player. Mm Mm-hmm. There will be a player that's going to be able to operate in that new space because it's open now. Yep, yep. No one's working there. No one. Bigs don't set screens and duck in anymore. Mm-hmm. Bigs don't catch touches and see cutters going by anymore. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you had the ability to play in that area and step out and shoot the three and pass the ball. Mm-hmm. You have a whole new realm of possibilities because no one take, can defend the post right now. Yeah. It, it, 
Yeah. No nobody. one can. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like if you had a kid, like if a, a Brooke Lopez was coming up now, right? If you had that that kid at 18, 19, 20 years old, oh. and, and you just told him right now what he needed to do, right? If you just took Brooke Lopez and you molded him into that player, that's kind of what you're looking for. Like a stretch five that can get on the block and has those, you know, quintessential post moves to keep you honest, and then the vision to be able to pass out of the post. I mean, that's that's the trifecta. That's the triple threat. Man. I can already see the next great player. I can mm-hmm. see him. Yep. Because, yep. And when he comes, because we now, and I say we, the game of basketball, no one teaches how to defend the post. Mm-hmm. No one teaches how to operate from those areas, mm-hmm. meaning operate from the box. Imagine a player now that can operate that skill from that area alone. Just from Scary. that area alone. Yeah. And by the way, I can step out and shoot threes. Mm-hmm. I can rebound the ball on the defensive end and push it out and pass it. I can play screen roll and do all of those things. The game would be unfair. The game would be unfair mm. because we're not even teaching how to even close out anymore to a player. We just run everybody off the three-point line. <laughs> yep. That's all you're supposed to do now. You're like, I don't, you're like, I don't care. I'll give them the 17-foot jump shot as long as they don't take a three. And that's, uh, that's, that's funny how basketball has changed with those trends and things. And even when you mentioned the post play, I remember in 2011 when the Mavericks won the championship, LeBron James in that offseason went and met with Bob McAdoo, and they were working on post moves because LeBron was like, I need to have a go-to move when these guys are all over me. I need to be able to go to the block and be able to use my, you know, my size to my advantage and, and make a move on the block. And Tim Duncan, I mean, you and I, we both, we are Tim Duncan diehards, you know, the big fundamental for life. That's what he did. You know, Tim Duncan was able to operate from the block and control everything and control pace and and, and have the ability to uh, to get easy buckets. And uh, I, I think at the end of the day, we're just hoping that the post, the big man can come back in some capacity. I see the writing on the wall, BJ. I think we both see the writing on the wall. Um, and and I, I don't think the player is necessarily there yet, but we have foundational pieces that will get that next guy to want to be that guy with Jokic and Bam and Anthony Davis and these types of players. So that's giving me my positive feeling for the season, right? I have a little bit of hope for the bigs in the future. Well, yeah, we should have a little hope because there isn't a lot of time for these bigs to work on their game because of the proximity of these seasons starting a month my goodness. apart from one another. So, uh, yep. But here we are. We're in December. It's time to get in the holiday season. Hope yeah, you had start a great smiling. Thanksgiving. I yeah, hope you start did too. smiling. The season's coming back. <laughs> December 22nd, we know we're going to have some games. Yep. You and I can talk about our favorite sport, <laughs> basketball. Yes. It should be fun. We should have a special uh, Christmas special, you know, pushing through, you know, only. Yeah. We're, we're working through the holidays. <laughs> I love and it. We'll I love see. It. We, 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 we will see how this turns out, you know. And it, um, But overall, I am excited about the season. I just hope that these players who – played in the bubble and played extended, you know, they extended mm. their play during the playoffs that they had enough time to recover to play. Yep. Because this is going to be an entirely different grind you know, kind of, you know, season because of now you're going to, you're going to incorporate travel into it. Yep. And uh, we can't forget, you know, the pandemic is still here. The COVID is still here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everyone be safe, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward and I hope, uh, Hopefully, 
you know, as the NBA starts, that they can get through it and uh, play 72 games. I think that's what, uh, you know, that's what everyone's trying to do. Yeah, fingers crossed. We're all hoping for a full NBA season. I like that we opened the show. You gave me a side eye, BJ, as we talked about NBA basketball, and we ended it with some excitement. You know what I mean? That's a that we like. We like to go a full one eighty here. The pushing yeah. through journey. <laughs> it's the pushing through journey. We start one place and then we. <laughs> We got to the end result. We got there. So that, uh, That's all that matters. As long as we get to the end result, which you hope is a, a W at the end of the day, that's what everyone's trying to do in the NBA. They're all trying to win. They're all trying to get the uh, the crucial Larry O'Brien trophy. And it's going to be fun, I think, to to have a real season. Even, I mean, obviously, fingers crossed, everything works out with safety-wise. But it will be fun if we get a full, you know, normal, as best we can, NBA playoff experience. And I think that's what the fans are hoping for. And I'm excited to see basketball back. And I'm excited to talk to you about all the basketball ball this was you know the all the news that we have so far about the nba we got christmas day games we got training camp coming up in 10 days as i said we appreciate everyone listening to pushing through and uh, we will be back later in the week we're going to talk uh, hopefully to a special guest uh this friday uh, but we'll keep it pushing we'll keep talking about basketball and uh as news and notes and trades and things happen bj we'll keep you all up to date right let's do it Keep let's, pushing, my friend. Let's do it. Uh, if you're in water, make waves. Make sure to remember that. 2020, we hope everybody had a very happy holidays. And uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening.